Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. When last we left Shake Them Ropes at the end, we had plugged that we were going to have children on this week. We were very excited about children. We were very excited about this. We and were. Chris killed children, killed the children. You know, okay. <laughs> I, I, the allegations that I'm a child killer are monstrous uh i'm ashamed that you would go in that direction with it (laughs) Um, but let me let me explain we're we're getting this before you get arrested so it's great no this this is good (laughs) yeah no no i'm I'm on the run right now uh in my new car so let me explain this to the audience like you might explain it to kids let's still keep some of the vibe of shake them kids alive shall we sometimes when a when a person likes another person that's really nice unless that other person likes the person that they used to like and then that's not so oh, nice God. that's a sad <laughs> thing jeffrey that's a sad thing no it's it's just <laughs> not a very good I thing you're just gonna say yeah they weren't available but no we're going into the DJ oh no <laughs> so so when that happens then those people can no longer know each other so much and that's where we're at this week people Sorry about the loss of Shake Them Kids, but trust that old Novi is on the right path. Yeah, and now Jeff is scrambling for content this week. Oh, uh, you, I give you, I give you nothing but the best content, and I was like, you know, yeah, we could have stopped if you give me nothing. Um, I mean, also true. Also, also true. true. I am pulling teeth sometimes. No, um, I, I, I do not give you nothing. Are, are, are you saying you are? like pulling teeth 
Sure. Or does it? De- it depends on who Let, we. Let's have. just move on. Uh, good news from my health perspective. I am clear of cancer. One year later. Thank you for all the well wishes on the Twitter and the Instagram and the whatnot. Uh, um, starting off, attention must be paid. Chris, are you a Tony Bennett fan? I mean, do you know the way to San Jose? I think that's Dion Warwick. I think whatever. you're thinking, I left my I'm heart in San Francisco. And <laughs> whatever. He, he's saying about California cities. Yeah. He warmed the cockles of the hearts of millions of Americans. <laughs> and I just sang like him, sort of-ish. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, Russ and I just we're music geeks. I've never been a Tony Bennett fan. I I, I appreciate the talent and what he brings, but I, I the people who liked him kind of liked him ironically. I think you know, oh, I, he did, and no, he did the Lady yes. Gaga album, you know that kind. Well, of crap. okay, but like then he's had several reboots. The thing I admire yes. about Tony Bennett is that he managed to keep his music enterprise going yes. for multiple different decades. Get paid. Like, we're big fans. Uh, yeah, he, of had his, he had his peak era, and then like he came back way late, and like you know, you didn't necessarily think Tony Bennett was gonna you know necessarily light the world on fire in his sixties, and like he ended up having a really good run in his later half of his life. You, you know what I admire? Actually, it's pretty impressive. I admire that he was never ironic about it. He was always genuine about his love of big band slash standards. You know. <laughs> I also, I absolutely love his uh, cameo in The Simpsons when they went to Capital City. And he's just he's doing that. But yeah, um, okay, celebrity death out of the way. Uh, I, I want to give a personal note. Uh, Rick Skea, I believe that's how you say the last name. I'm, I'm going off of 30 some odd years of memory here. Uh, passed away this week. And he's he, he, he was kind of important to the internet wrestling community of the early and late 90s. Um, he was one of the first people I knew on RSPW, Rexport Pro Wrestling. He, he did something called News from Dayton, and, and we were around the same age. And then then later he teamed up with Mikasa and, and WrestleManiac site with Scott Key and Christopher Robert Zimmerman, who did recaps and reviews, amongst others. Uh, personally, Rick Skea metaphorically saved my life. Um the fir- one of the first shows I ever traveled to when I was a college kid was was the RSPW meetup for Double Tables at the ECW Arena in Philly, and I got there not knowing anything about travel or the city of Philadelphia or what have you, and I didn't have a ticket, uh, due to quote unquote miscommunication from a well known internet wrestling personality that will go unnamed at this time. But Rick got me into the arena that night and uh, didn't really know me, but said, hey, you know, I, I'll get you in. Don't worry about blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just one of those kind of internet friendships that then later, you know, people grow apart and things like that. He passed away from cancer this past week at the age of 49. Uh, absolute prince of a man who helped me when he didn't have to, but um, just uh, uh cool does name ring any bells for you or no uh i i actually did not know him no okay cool no that's fine this is from my past like 92 93 um early on in in rec sport pro wrestling back in the day i was not active i was more of a lurker but he was always he's one of those guys who would always post news because he was also working for a uh newspaper at the time and had a had, had a column there and uh him and herb kunzi i believe were, were the two uh Two guys who really um, 
you know, basically cribbed a lot of news from other sources and gave them to us internet nerds at the time. Uh, other news, Eric Young debuting for Impact this past week. Uh, he was actually under contract with WWE until he asked to be released in April due to Vince McMahon coming back and him morally not being comfortable. That's how I will couch this uh, with Vince McMahon and, and his predilections. But um, he was set to be a part of the new Wyatt family angle. And, and he just said, I will not work for Vince McMahon uh, due to his accusations. Let's put it that way, Chris. I think that's strong. And I think impact's a good place for him. I think that's strong. I think impact is a good place. And I think, you know, uh, especially if you're in your earlier part of your career or whatever, McMahon's not going to be there forever. Now at this point, you don't have to completely sacrifice your career to take a principled stand. So he's, for, he's 42 and I could see wanting to grab the bag. I could see, you know, I could see triple H wanting to use him when they re-signed him back. Cause I think I thought uh, sanity got a bad rap. I thought I'll Sandy admit, was I'll admit, money I'll making. Admit that I missed that it was Eric Young at the start. I I, I caught everything but Eric Young, and when <laughs> Sandy now, oh yeah, Eric Young's like actually in his forties, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think the other thing is that like that's all fine and dandy. <laughs> Can't believe I forgot that it was Eric Young. There we go. Good. This is a good episode. I feel like like we're just coming in really hot today. Um, so here's the other thing about Eric Young, though, when he was in NXT and, and then like when he got called up to the main roster to do nothing on the main roster, to do nothing. Yeah. But like the, there's like a, the way the camera is framed in NXT, smaller people don't come off as that small, but True. they go into a wider shot. And if you aren't on the right side, you know, if you're on the, not on the right side of that and you, you look small a little bit already in NXT you tend to look really small mm-hmm. on the main roster and young just like, isn't a Vince looking guy. So while I wholeheartedly support the principled stand of young, I also kind of like go, but like, did you really think there was a lot of money to be made back in, in WWE? I don't think they were gonna put Sandy back together. I mean, if anything, if, if anything, he'd be like a henchy or a job guy or something like you know. He just he wouldn't. No, but the money's better. The money's better, sure. Um, and look, I at at forty two, are you really expecting to be pushed as a top star, or do you want to go to a place that hey, they'll cover my medical if I get hurt, type of a thing, rather than you know a smaller company that may not have the resources of that. I mean, I I. I get people not wanting guys to go to the evil empire, especially when Vince is there, but well, you know, who I, Vince I, is gonna push. No, I mean, yes, you do. But you also know that I think Hunter was really trying to make good on the people that Vince fired. I do. I, I think he was like, I made these guys promises or whatever. When I brought them up to the main roster, or when they were brought up to the main roster that they'd get a chance or they'd get some exposure, or they'd have a chance to make money, and I want to make right by them. I, I I don't think Triple H is a saint. Don't get me wrong. But I think him bringing back all the people they fired, I mean, he literally brought back almost everybody they fired. I think the only exceptions might be the authors of Pain. <laughs> um, there might be a few others in there that I'm forgetting, but for the most part, I think Triple H was like, look, this reflects poorly on me 
I need to do right by them. But, you know, I, I get that, too. Um, Ian Riccoboni, officially All Elite. Uh, he had been working on his old Ring of Honor contract, and he was the man on the play-by-play on this past Saturday's collision while Kevin Kelly does the G1. Uh, good hire, great hire. Do we have too many announcers under contract? Uh, Riccoboni is not someone that I'm particularly emotionally connected to on I am the, the same a- way. AEW announced team. Mm-hmm. For me, if I, at this point, was going to like rate the announcers, I think my favorite is Taz. I I really I really think like Taz sort of is is the best out of the bunch. Uh, I he does this like really nice job of being a character and yet still being able to call a match and like I, 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 I he he just like threads a tone needle so smoothly and naturally that I I always like listen to him and go like he's, he's got- I'm I'm gonna push back because I think Taz goes into joke territory too often. I, okay, I, there's I time where there's times where Taz doesn't doesn't care, and I mean they tape a lot of content. I I like look, you're talking to a guy who just had a brain fart on Eric Young. <laughs> I think it's easy. I think it's easy to lose focus when you're doing recorded live audio. Like if you're like looking at the results or something or anything, it's very easy to miss something, or just like have like a lapse of a lapse of tone. And does he fall into the impulses of making jokes sometimes? Yes. And that's even more true. And this maybe is a byproduct of the fact that he was doing all the like undercard shows with limited viewership. And like the leash was basically off for those guys to just have fun for however long they were doing the taping. Shivani's still my guy. I'm still, you know, emotionally connected. And I do like Excalibur. I just think Excalibur needs to get control of his booth. And also they need to stop the uh, micro machines guy plug of matches at the end of the night. It's, it's just ridiculous. It, it makes it seem like it's just a throwaway type thing, but. Uh, well, how do you possibly process any of it when you say all of it that fast? Yes. I always think about that. Like who thinks this is a good way to disseminate content that I just get on and immediately start reading the results of matches really, really fast and just like give my thoughts on them. Like like that you wouldn't be able to hold on to any of it, or you maybe would hold on to one of it. Um, There's got to be a better way, right? Yeah. Uh, In ratings, um, this is somewhat old ratings, but uh, it's interesting because Chris and I often talk about, are we in a wrestling boom and, we, we kind of are, and we kind of aren't. Um, it, it's very odd because wrestling is still very, very popular. We're going to last week. And the nightly standings on cable, Raw on July 10th was number three for the night behind two home run derby-related shows and second in the time slot. NXT on July 11th, built around the Judgment Day appearance, was in first place for the night for the first time in the history of the show. Dynamite on July 12th was in second place behind the U.S. versus Panama uh, soccer friendly on FS1. Rampage on, on July 14th placed ninth for the night and was third place in the time slot behind House Hunters and the NBA Summer League game. Collision on July 15th, fourth for the day, second in the time slot behind UFC prelims. In the overall entertainment charts, Raw finished first for the week on cable this week. 90 Day Fiance on Sunday finished second. Dynamite third. Collision was 11th. NXT 12th. Battle of the Belts was 25th. And Rampage was 61st. 
and AEW Dynamite this week featuring Blood and Guts on a weeknight for competition. W-E-A-K, was the top-rated show on cable by far, and actually, in real percentage numbers, the top show on television for the day. Show did 953,000 viewers with a 0. .34, 441,000, 18 to 49, and a 0. .24 and 18 to 34, jumping in a little bit. In actual 18 to 49 numbers based on homes with access to the show, AEW did a 0. .77 to 0. .56, for the Country Music Association Fest on ABC in second place. In total, 18 to 49 viewers, both ABC and CBS beat TBS over the two hours based on being in far more homes, but TBS beat Fox and NBC. Thoughts? That was a lot, too. That was the, that, that kind of felt like an Excalibur thing there. Yeah, okay. Okay, so ratings for SmackDown again was the number? Oh, I don't have the range for SmackDown in front of me, but it did, it did a pretty big number. It did, I think, it did over like two point three million or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like there, I, I guess we were sort of wrong about the bloodline angle having run out of steam, right? This one's uh, gonna be this week's gonna be interesting because they're on FS1 of all places. I, I mean, it's it's just it's interesting. Like, it's Friday, July 21st and we definitely forecasted doom uh but, after WrestleMania not belting Cody, but it seems right now that WWE's ratings are doing pretty well. Well, we have a secondary act now that people are following because Judgment Day is a yeah. hit. Yeah. Yes. Judgment Dominic Day is Mysterio is actually doing a little bit of a ratings movement. They, well, the they, they moved, they, no, they literally moved the ratings on NXT to win the night for the first time in their history. And then this week wasn't as good, but they were still there. I mean, it's one of those things where this is a hot act. Um, and it's, cr- they, yet again, they have managed to take a thing that was stale and dead and revive it. And, yes. and I'm I'm actually like kind of amazed now because they're in the same thing with the bloodline. This is like a really stale storyline. Yeah, because once once Edge left, when Edge left originally, they were kind of in, in they a were bit the of a squad. They were yes. just there. Yeah. And now like they are four clear characters. To the uh, point where they've even stopped what they were planning to do, because I think JD McDonough was eventually going to be added to this group. And that looks like that's been put on hold permanently. It's, it's very interesting. I, every week, uh, the, the reaction to Dominic, I mean, people love hating Dominic. Yes. And, and, and what's great is they don't even know why they hate him at this point. They just hate him. They, they don't even hate him because of the stuff he did to his dad. They just hate him now. Yeah. They just want to boo to boo him. They it, just it, want to boo to boo him. <laughs> yes it's 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 really interesting it's like it's, it, they've like pavlovian conditioned mondo heat onto this guy i hope he never i hope like his dad he like never goes face like like his dad never goes heel and dominic never goes face he's been his entire career as a heel uh, yeah i i, I think dominic's it's weird because watching that match against Wesley, where I think, I think Dominic was the one calling that match. It didn't look as good as when Dominic's in there with guys with far more experience, so to speak, like your Rays, like your Sheamuses, like whoever, type of a thing. Um, I don't know. 
if he can be a heel with guys, how do I put this? Who haven't been doing the quote unquote main event WWE style. Like he doesn't have the indie cred to work with a guy like Wesley, so to speak. So, so that's, that's going to be interesting. I, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, who do we think Dominic's going to be in his first program with? For the, I, North, for the North American title? Yeah, and you are bringing up a really interesting quandary with him. Like, typically the heels pace the match, right? Right. And he has been getting carried by really veteran baby faces who call the matches, generally speaking, and then Dominic like is able to do his stuff and he has nuclear heat anyways, and it's all good. In NXT, he's being asked to do a different thing. Yes. In NXT, he is now being asked to carry these matches. Essentially, this is a training school for him. And I will be interested to see if he can figure out how to actually lead a dance rather than just be a dance partner who is very easy to carry. I think there are guys on the NXT roster who can do this. Like, for example, I think. Um, oh, I hope they don't cop out though and like bring a veteran baby face on NXT to work with Mysterio. Well, like, like if I, they want to I, reposition. I, I want to actually see him figure it out. Like if they want to reposition Mustafa Ali back as a baby face, even though he's been doing this heel stuff lately but that was in service of the North American title type of a thing. Um, yeah, right now, who are the veteran baby faces that, that are from NXT visiting there? Because I, I was thinking of Paul I mean, Cruz was on Bate, NXT, but he was done. Like Tyler Bate, I guess, can you know carry him for yeah, a bit. Yeah, but he's never been on the main roster. He could, yeah, but he could. You're right, he could. I think, uh, I don't know, could, uh, no. I was saying the Russian kid. <laughs> Dragunov? Dragonoff. You don't think Dragonoff very mysterious? I th- I, th- I think that well really. I don't think they'd let Dragonoff call that match. I think they'd let. Well, I mean, that would be I, the most important part. You got to do that. Yeah, I think I think Dominic would be the one calling that match because he they they defer to his main roster veteranship and stuff like that. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know the inner goings on enough for that. But no, it's interesting to think about. Well. uh we, we we can discuss a little more on the lazy river. Uh, it'd Dwayne, be funny if they brought down Butch, our boy Butch. Uh, Butch is actually uh, on tonight's SmackDown, going up against Dominic Mysterio. See, look at look at my ability to see the future. <laughs> I'm I'm good. What can I say? When I'm good, I'm good. Uh huh. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> Dwayne Johnson will reportedly be earning the most money in history for a Hollywood lead for the movie Red One on Amazon. Reports are that Johnson was guaranteed $50 million up front for the movie that will be out Christmas week. This breaks the record of $40 million that Robert Downey Jr. got for Captain America Civil War and that Will Smith got for King Richard. I love me a good The Rock movie. No, you don't. That's true. It's the middle of a strike, and he's getting fifty million up front. That'll be out. That'll least be one of the actors is getting paid. Well, you, yes. Are you on the side of the actors or not in this strike? Well, it, 
I, no, I am on the side of the actors, but I want to know how are they filming this thing? Is it, is there a waiver on there? Because it says it's going to be out Christmas week. Unless it's already been filmed and this is just old news that I'm reading. Which know. is also a possibility, but it hit the headlines this week. So or if they're filming it on international waters or something. Well, here here's here's the thing. It is is for the purposes of the strike, it only affects uh AMPTP uh providers. I don't know if Amazon is under that. Mm. So it might be one of those exceptions type of a thing. And uh, and I'm not I'm not positive of that, but I mean The Rock is also one of those guys. I think The Rock would cross a line. I, I gotta be honest with him. I, I, <laughs> you know, for that amount of money, I think you know. Hey, come to the pickets and help us. Yeah, I'm, it'll be like Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm gonna support in other ways. You know, and then he buys everybody lunch, type of a thing. That that's that's The Rock. That that's what I think, but. Uh, moving on, uh, belt changes that I know of so far. Dominic Mysterio, yes, at new NXT North American champion. Uh, on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view tonight, Aussie Open, your new Ring of Honor tag champs. And I think I'm forgetting one. Oh, yeah, Trinity is your new knockouts champion on, on Impact. Any thoughts, Chris? I don't watch Impact. You know okay. this. I mean, I like, I know people go. Are you there. hyped for the new Ring of Honor tag champs? Aussie yeah, oh, God. No, that, that, on the other hand, I am dialed in on. Who are they? <laughs> like I said, pulling teeth. Uh <laughs> I am not pulling teeth. You get like these quality nuggets. You just have to dig for them. Well, that, I was expecting children. I was expecting children that's today not on this dental show. Work, that's mining. It's a completely different thing. I was all hyped to talk to some child about Bailey and Sasha, and you ruined that for me. I have a child inside me that, like, lives and sings. God, I have a joke that would not go over well. Um, Stop that. Stop that. That's That's a horrible joke. You're canceled. Get out. I know I would be. That's why I'm not saying it. Oh, yeah, right. I'm I'm pre-canceling you. Can I move on with this show, please? That's the end of the the news. We're yep. heading to the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched, did you watch anything this week? I actually watched a lot of wrestling. Okay, here we yeah. go then. And whatever we watch, whatever's on our minds, whatever. I'm just afraid you're gonna fall asleep during this show. I'm not. I, you know what? I'm not gonna fall asleep. I just get momentarily distracted. Like you know, it's it's been a long because I'm not looking at you while we're recording this, so I don't know if you're even there at the time. But we'll continue this. Whatever we watch, Neil Master Motto from Hollow Knight every week, and you never thank me once. That's because I'm looking at my notes. Uh, okay, I'm gonna start. Um, again, because I want to once again praise, love, adore FTR versus Jay White and uh Rock Hard Juice Robinson. I adored Collision this week, I loved Collision this week. I'll have some not so good things to say about Dynamite, which is going to drive a lot of people nuts, but I get that. I, I will earn that, but let me first let me speak on this. Was it the greatest tag match on free television? Maybe. Um, technically, sure. I will go with that in terms of athleticism and stuff. I, I'm i partial because of my fandom to the uh, Midnight Express versus Fantastics on Worldwide one week, whatever, back in 88, I think it was, or 87. I can't remember. Um, Dave references it in The Observer this week, so we're kind of a couple seconds with that. Was it the best two out of three falls match ever in terms of tag teams on TV? Probably. 
Uh, the problem is my barometer is when wrestling was much hotter on Saturday night's main event, there was a brain busters versus demolition two out of three falls that I absolutely adored. And I can't watch it anymore because Tully Blanchard absolutely kills Barry Darso with that chair. Um, <laughs> and Darso still complains about having brain damage from it. So it's hard for me to watch that. But I, I think the only thing that gives me pause in overpraising this as much as other people have is the heat level is not there for me for FTR versus Bullet Club Gold like it was when Jay and Dax were doing their own program on Twitter to do the Briscoes versus FTR, anything like that. If the heat were off the charts here and this felt like a feud where two teams really, really hate each other, I would I would definitely, I mean, look, I'm already putting this in my top five, probably, and it's probably my favorite match of the year. But in in terms of legacy type things, it won't be as memorable for me because I just don't feel the heat was there, Chris. Yeah, it's a really interesting question of where to place this match because on one hand, I was watching, I was like, this is actually really good. I, I, I was not expecting that. But the reason I wasn't expecting it is because Bullet Club Gold for me is very schmeh. And like the, the act itself is just not a very strong heel foil. There was not a lot of intensity between these two teams per se. And like, I mean, when FTR, it was weird because like FTR did that little heel spot where they grabbed the ropes and like that, not that they were turning heel or anything like that. It was just, it was, uh, I don't know. Like it almost felt playful. Uh, and so it didn't, you're right. It didn't have the heat. It was really well executed. God, that, that uh, crucifix into the uh, neck breaker. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, really great near fall. And in that sense, it vastly outperformed the expectations I had for that match. Uh, like the, all, all the near fall spots really had me engaged. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, for, for the really, really high quality of work that was there, I, the thing that's missing for me is the actual true nature and heat to the program. It's kind of formless. I'm going to move on to another match on that show. What did you think of <laughs> Ricky Starks and CM Punk and then the entire just... I, I understand the, the I'll, I'll give it to you this way, because this was the Twitter narrative. The Twitter narrative is that this was just like when Owen Hart won the Slammies and, and didn't offer congratulations, but Jushin Thunder Liger being brought in just as a punchline for Ricky Starks taking the, uh, Owen, <laughs> the Owen trophy and walking off. I thought it was almost sort of like a weird like take on like, the double turn thing too with like Brett where like punk's sort of working heelish during the match, but at the end it's actually Ricky Starks who turns heel. Yeah. I I had uh, some friends who were very angry that it's like, uh, Oh, we're plugging Jushin Thunder Liger and that's it. And there's no, there's no, there's no feud that's going to happen between Ricky and Jushin. There's no one shot that's going to happen. It was just like, Oh, it's just for that. Ha ha line of him oh look it's owen would have really liked that joke type of a thing and it turned a lot of people that i know off uh, it was just i one mean of the... here's my thought on the starks heel turn it's a complete concession that the jericho push did nothing for this match. yes yes 
the the fact that we are doing a heel reboot means that the babyface push and what was supposed to launch him instead crashed him and now he needs to be rebooted i on one hand think it's fine i think that actually punk punk's work with starks has helped heat him up but it's indicative of other failings Mm. your turn on the river okay on the river what was the point of the Britt Baker and the other person match? Like, why was that on Dynamite? We sort of talked about this briefly on the show, and I found myself... What do you mean before the show? Well, we didn't talk about this on the show. No, we talked about this before the show. Yes, that's what I said. Okay, we did. Well, <laughs> you Britt said Baker. we briefly talked about this on the show, and I said we haven't no, talked th- about it yet. Okay. I thought we said we talked about it before the show. I just said we talked about it before the show. No. Debate me. I want to talk about Britt Baker and Kayla Sparks, and instead we're talking about time. Okay, well, no. You, okay. Really, you want to talk about time? Here, here's the point. Is that is that how you want to use our time talking about time, Hawkins? God help me. Um, yeah. Is that what you want this show to degenerate into? Just a conversation about time. I don't want that. I want to talk about Britt Baker and Kayla Sparks. What was it? The was point? to get a it was to get a quick women's match on there. But I just I, I was, was like, there's just like a total like like vibe killer flow killer to me. I, I it felt pointless. Uh, Britt Baker doesn't need an enhancement match, um, and I thought that if you're gonna do that right, and you're trying to do that as like I guess a showcase for Kayla Sparks, at least let her do something. And instead, she just like you know scrambled I, until she got caught. No, I don't think it was a. Uh, showcase for Kayla Sparks at all, but I was ex- I was expecting a Britt Baker promo after the squash because it was like we're bringing out Britt because she's our star, and then she's gonna say what her next program is in front of this big market crowd in Boston, and then she's gonna get you know the huge you know star treatment, but it was basically to bring her out to say DMD and to go back to the back, and I was just like yeah no I was uh. I was a little confused about this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I just thought it was, a, it was a poor usage of time, and I thought the match stunk. Uh, and I, I found myself weirdly irritated by it. I, I was just trying to figure out if there was a deeper reason. Speaking of weirdly irritated, here we go, kids. Um, I am of the few that did not care for I, – I basically tolerated Dynamite. I, I, as much as I loved Collision, l- let me go through my points here. This may take a while, Chris, but we can all uh, we can all talk about Dynamite in one fell swoop here. Okay, because yeah, no, next place is going with MJF and Cole. So okay, good, good. I'll, I'll go in order then. The Jungle Boy reboot. All right, so we're metaphorically burying him in the desert. After we had him metaphorically burying Christian. Or if you recall that promo. And I don't understand the reboot or, or, or the relaunch because it feels like they haven't thought this through. What is this new Jungle Boy? Is he Hollywood Jack Perry? Is he Jungle Man Jack Perry? Is he just, as 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 my friend on the Dynamite show, uh, Paul Fontaine says, is he just basically John Hennigan? <laughs> which which is how he kind of looks with the uh with the ponytail and the sunglasses. We didn't sit him down and we didn't go over this and think about this. Now I have a theory and I'm going to put it to you next, but 
why are we playing Beethoven's Fifth as his uh, entrance music? That didn't seem to fit at all with the. That was uh, with, so weird. With the with the tone, and I have a theory about this, Chris. He's reuniting with Christian. No. Oh. My theory is he is going to be a Randy Savage type clone. And the choice of Beethoven's fifth is much like Randy Savage's choice of pomp and circumstance. And that his Elizabeth in this dealing, we're getting Anna Jay with this act now that the JAS is broken up. And Anna Jay is going to be the new Elizabeth. And Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, or whatever we're going to call him now, is going to be the new Randy Savage. That is my theory. I don't know if that's correct, but I will let you expound on that now. That's interesting. If that's what they're doing, then Beethoven's Fifth was a poor choice of classical music for this. Yeah. Uh, I- it's just not a very good eventual babyface theme. And if you're going to go that way, you need to have something that actually manages to work, work in both directions. It's not a heel theme either, though. No. I mean, if anything, if anything, Beethoven's seventh is a much stronger choice. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash v-o-w net arena club.com slash v-o-w net 
for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out a passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or, wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. But joy? Uh, no, that's his ninth. That's uh, his ninth. What's the seventh? Yeah, the seventh... Uh... Bum 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 bum. Like it's 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 melody doesn't actually really move much, so it's like oh. hard for me. Yeah, it's it's all like in the chords or whatever. Because Triple H used Beethoven's Ninth. He used Ode to Joy as his original right. theme in WWE. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ode to Joy. I mean, like I actually like if anything like uh, uh, Mozart's Unclined Night music. Uh, like that would be. A uh, strong pick too. You know, we could always go just hack and do Hall of the Mountain King, mm. because we already use Flight of the Valkyries and we use the uh, eighteen twelve Overture for heels for Cesaro and uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson. You know, I mean, I mean, there are, I mean, you know, Chopin would always be good here if you wanted to like do a funeral dirge type thing. Uh, although that was more the Undertaker's gig. <laughs> What's, uh, what, what is it? Is it Bolero? That's like that's that's Carmen. Carmen, yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun one. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, um, that's an interesting heel theme. Now that I think about it, I hadn't thought about that to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, I I really wish. Look, if he's gonna be Hollywood Jack Perry, go with buy the rights to a song that has to do with Hollywood. Hell, <laughs> buy the theme to 90210. <laughs> that would be so awesome. And call him Jack. I mean, D- Dave came up with his new name should be Jack McKay. He's just going to go hard in the, his father's most famous role type of a thing. But yeah, no, this did not hit for me. Okay, so we got that. We move on uh, to the... Here's first- my other thought, though. What is the point of the FTW title? <sighs> Chris, I'm going to say this because I've been having this argument all day about other titles in AEW, and they're just props. That, yeah, like, that what's the identity of this title? I, I don't know. It's it, it, it's the it's the title that was associated with Team Taz and is now associated, associated with whoever Taz likes type of a thing. And that's That's the only explanation I have for it, other than it's a prop. It's a prop that we gave to Hook because he's associated with Taz. And it's not, and it's not, it's not the FTW of ECW, so to speak. It's just there. It's like I asked, what's the point of the TNT and international titles? Do do they have special meaning, or are they just props for the for their respective characters? It's so crazy. Type of a thing. They haven't actually carved out like uh, for the TNT title, right? That it's like ten minutes. It's a ten ten yes. minute time limit match. Like that's such an especially with this many belts. It's so obvious to me at this point to reintroduce something like the wcw television title rules into one of these belts um but you bring up a really good point which is that the ftw title lineage is just like it's taz's kid's belt and now jack perry's done took it and i don't actually think that's particularly interesting if jack perry loses it to anyone else it's not going to be like a really impressive win or anything well, I mean, and and that's the the lineage is literally it's Brian Cage when he joined Team Taz, uh, Ricky yeah, Starks gave it to him. Yeah, Ricky Starks beating 
Brian Cage when Brian Cage wanted to quit Team Taz and turning on him, and then Hook beating Ricky Starks for it. That that's the lineage. That's a noble tradition. <laughs> well, it's better than the TND title for the most part, which died after Cody left, I think. But you know, who knows? Maybe they'll bring that back to prominence. Uh okay, so we so we go from that to the Britt Baker match. You know what they should do with Jack Perry then? They should have him actually get a couple of these belts. Like, he should be the FTW and TNT champion. Like Lance Storm, early WCW type stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah, essentially, if if you want to heat up Jack Perry, I I think that's actually the interesting move. You have him, like, sort of get, like, three mid-card titles. Call him the golden boy, Jack Perry. And just give him a few titles. I'm, and then, I'm yeah, no, and, and once he once he has the titles, like, like each time he wins, it's he's like sucking people out. But like once he has all three of the titles, at that point, he's just like the ultimate mid card weasel. He could be the mid card comedy heel that they're making MJF. Yeah, uh, I thought the match with Hook was pretty good. Um, Hook, you know, Hook did some things. Finally, I mean, he he has he had to work in this match, which was interesting. Uh, wasn't a great match, but it was, you know, it, it filled time as they say, uh, because, you know, blunt guts was the main story, but, uh, yes. Then we got to the MJF Adam Cole comedy hour, which look, I understand people like this and I understand it's, it's quote unquote getting over to the people who like the wacky. I will still maintain that this is bad for your world champion. I, I am like that. I, I just, it's one of those weird things with me where I don't want that comedy to be with MJF. I want MJF to be the guy to carry this company. And I don't think he is. Uh, and then the tag match itself was just all, we had a dance off with, I just, it was, I was frustrated by this, Chris. Let me put you that way. You talk about it. I, thought that this match was a perfect dichotomy to the tag match on collision. Like I was watching these two shows and going, it really is two different universes because on collision, you have this very you know serious match where we're taking bullet club gold who are kind of a joke and actually making them like pretty legit, like and looking good in this match. Meanwhile, there are so many different storylines going on in this match that have to be buttressed with comedy segments that the point of this match to me was a lost a lot. I mean, I, I guess, you know, you had the moment where Adam Cole looks at the belt or whatever, but it was, there was just way too much stuff going on. And the Adam Cole and MJF stuff continues to not work for me. This is just like... I mean, it's a novel way of utilizing MJF so that he's like having tag matches and stuff and it does like give a weird presentation, but it, it all sums out to me to make him more like a mid-card comedy champion rather than like a cr- serious, credible champ. Yeah. Like it, it, I, it's MJF, like it would have been interesting if MJF had actually like just basically dominated uh, Daniel Garcia. Like, like one of the storylines of this match is that like, MJF just completely has Garcia's number. You see some formidability out of the guy. No, no, it was it was all about you know, hey, can you do a dive? And you just and can we get to the double clothesline spot? And I'm like, okay, I, 
Oh come on! Who doesn't love the double clothesline? It, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. And it's like, but I, I'm, I, but I'm being told. Bring back the axe handle. Like, bring like, back the double axe handle. Like I, I wrote because I wasn't enjoying it. I go, did Vince book Wednesdays too? It's like no, because this comedy works and it's coherent story. And it's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean. It really feels to me like it's incoherent that Sammy Guevara has not left the Jericho society yes. yet. But okay, you. T- I mean, it, it's going in extreme slow motion. And they bypassed the Chris on the way up the ramp, so I guess yeah. it's dead. Okay, cool. Is he a babyface now again, or are we just gonna continue that story too? Because it's like, okay, what's the narrative through line? What was the point of this tournament other than we need to have a reason to have Adam Cole? and mjf together because yes you can rationalize that as that's the reason business-wise why they are together but they never gave any rationalization for why this tournament actually happened and it's one of those things that drives me nuts as a dangling plot line type thing because it's like well jeff it's just wrestling it's like yeah but it's television and if you guys say you don't care about it then your fans will wrestling is sort of like not a good defense to the charge of incoherent storytelling yes right? like it, that's sort of almost admitting like tacitly yeah oh well it's just it's just, i mean wwe used to do this for years it would drive us nuts it'd be like uh you know chris would care about come on it's just wrestling nobody cares about this crap and it's like you know you can say that for any form of entertainment but the moment you say that like that used to be the thing in improv well it's just improv you know so what if the show sucked tonight type of a thing and you're like that means we don't care about quality that means and, we don't care that means yeah. we don't care that that's what it means to me and, and it's just it's not I, it's not a way to improve anything I, right? I, get it. Yeah. I get it i get it but um and then we get to blood and guts and as as we have evolved in our wrestling fandom and as we've overused the war games concept the war games concept has gotten worse in my opinion I am not a fan of the NXT style of war games um, at all, but it was, I was happy to have it back because it had been gone for so long. But now that both companies are doing war games, <laughs> number one, we need to build this back up to being, we're getting all these guys in there to fight and it's a battle to the death. And in the, and the cage is supposed to keep everybody inside of it. I know that's an old fashioned thing, but it's true at the same time. The plunder has gotten out of control here, Chris. We had broken sugar glass. We had um, the bed of nails. We had the fans chanting for tables and then later fire because the stipulation is not enough. We need more carnage in this war games because there's no heat amongst any of these crews and there wasn't any real... I mean... Towards the end, when it started getting thumbtacky and stuff like that, there was it, it seemed like there was intent that some of these people were really trying to hurt some of these people. Don't get me wrong. But throughout the match, it felt like spots. And then, I mean, <laughs> we, we bring back Kodo Bushi, and Kodo Bushi, God bless him. This is not the match to introduce him as Kodo Obushi. Because people want to see the old Kodo Bushi, and he is nowhere near the old Kodo Bushi. 
but he comes out and he's doing basically the equivalent of the Jeff Hardy dance before he, Jeff Hardy saved anybody. <laughs> oh no. Now that you said that I like can't unsee Jeff Hardy, Kota Ibushi. Like, cause he definitely doesn't look like old Kota. And he does have a Jeff Hardy energy about him now, doesn't he? Yeah, a little bit, but it was always like, yeah. you know, hey, I need to acknowledge the fans before I go save my friends from a death struggle. And then just the highly contrived that had to be explained on Twitter as a callback to week three dynamite by Tony Khan of Pack just quits. On the BCC says, I'm out of here. Now, don't get me wrong. I liked the follow-up to that, that Don Callis is such a weasel. He pulled his guy out there immediately. But there's a submission or surrender. If Pac is so fed up with Claudio on this, which wasn't earned at all, in no, my opinion. No, it was not. They, they, they He should have just quit and then lost it for them. But instead it became, and this is, again, this is Twitter mindset going into this. They did not explain this in the match at all. And you can tell me, oh, but they were showing you it. The story from Kenny's promo about friendship and how it overcomes hate, et cetera, et cetera. When, especially when the loss of the match was John Moxley saving, quote unquote, his stablemate from a further beating as opposed to being, we are guys who can take the pain, et cetera, et cetera, that they've propped themselves up to be. But yes, the golden elite triumph over evil. And then they shake hands off camera, by the way, which, which just flummoxed me. It's like, right. That's kind right. of important. That, you know? that, that was important. And I also don't think that should really ever happen in a war games match. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was thinking about this, after watching the match, like if you're going to do a cage deathy sort of match like this, good game, right? It's end game. Like, (laughs) like like, we we wipe out the other team at the end of that. There is just the wreckage of the other team. Yes. uh, Aftermath. And the victorious team is riding high, whether they are the baby faces or the heels, either is satisfying, but the narrative structure of like, these big climaxy cage matches should not be, you know, the long last Blackpool Combat Club. We respect you. Yeah, uh, no, th- th- yeah. Th- th- there's a, there's a push in all of these. Also, not- the power of friendship, like uh, promo, right? The power of friendship promo rings really hollow when you think about Adam Page and the Young Bucks and their interactions with the Dark Order. Like you just have to really kind of retcon all that out of your mind. Oh, um, but but he's friendly to the elite. It's true. <laughs> no, but there's there's been this thing amongst these types of matches of late where just the fight and the heat and getting all these guys in there isn't enough. There is this overall narrative that we're pushing for to the I mean throughout the throughout the match and it's almost like they're making it too difficult for themselves in both WWE, NXT, and AEW, where it's like, you think of the great war games, and the one that everybody always points to is 92. And the point of that was the fight had gone on for so long, and they snuck in a weapon into a war games, which was seen as a dirty trick by the heels to take apart the ring and then Larry Zabisco 
ends up blowing it for them to the point where the, the heels isolate Larry Zabisco and he has to he has to do and the dangerous alliance is is then shocked from then on but the entire match is not leading to Larry Zabisco being the idiot the build in the match was was there were some doubts about Larry Zabisco going into the match because you know he was older and there were some doubts amongst Rude and I think Austin, but I mean, they weren't overplayed here. It, it It's almost like we have to tell that story throughout of, of the, whatever their narrative choice is when the point is just show the fight guys, <laughs> just show the fight. And it's like, I don't mind the uh, set pieces to the point, but, but it feels like they're trying to make things make sense as they go on the fly, as opposed to going, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. And we'll like when pack leaves, that makes no sense. He can, he can just, well, there's bolt cutters under the ring. And he can, of course, cut out. Why are there bolt cutters under the ring? Let's explain that. You know, Oh, it's in case of emergence. You know, there are other things that need to be explained at times. And it's like that they don't make, why is Rick Knox in the ring when the war games doesn't begin until the match beyond when everybody's in the ring. There aren't referees in other war games matches. I understand you, you kind of need it to call spots and stuff, but you know, it, it's these types of little details that drive me nuts, Chris, because I watch this as somebody who doesn't want his time wasted. And instead I'm kind of told, well, you know, it's wrestling. It was fine. I was entertained. Let's move on. Kind of a thing. I'm just like, We've now taken taken war games slash blood and guts, and we've turned it into not the end of a story per se, but a plot point in a story. And you're like, oh, okay, great. This doesn't destroy the Blackpool Combat Club at all, I don't think. This gets them to Pack versus Cesaro on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view that 5,000 people are going to watch which makes it kind of not a big deal to me. I, 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 it, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here, but, but give a, give me the rest of your thoughts on, on this dynamite. Um, on the rest of this dynamite, man. Uh, did you enjoy blood and guts? I can't say that I did. I just didn't really think that the bad guy team had a chance against the elite. Like like this was clearly formatted for the, you knew which team was going to prevail. Yeah. And is that from us being too jaded or is that because of, I mean, there's a lot of factors there, but I I mean, only a fool would have bet on Blackpool combat club. Plus look, I had a parlay with the Washington generals. Yeah. They were due. Yes. They were about due. Uh, so yeah. I, and then when it comes to Don Callis's stable, like who cares now? I, I mean, the only way you were going to launch this is if Don Callis had masterly figured out a way to beat the elite here. Yes. That would, that's the move. I thought for that's certain when here. Pac left, I thought Jericho was going to run in there. It, th- he needed to have a plan here rather than be like, I've lost like that. Who cares? Takeshita, run. Yeah. Like, <laughs> get away! Run away! 
is like, like Monty Python and the Holy yeah. Grail. I'll get you. I'll get you next time, Batman. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just there's no intrigue at all for Don Callis's faction, which I, I think you have. To, I mean, if you're going to do Callis heat like this, he has to just keep getting one over on Kenny Omega over and over and over and over again until the ultimate payoff. Yes, that's the story here. Is that Callis that's supposed has to be number. the story here? Yes. That that for as annoying as Callus is, every single time he seems to have his number. Yes, I, and just it's, and now Takesh is a coward. Okay, yeah. great. I, uh, I don't I don't like the heel look on Takesh at all either. It looks silly. He looks a little lost at times. Yeah, uh, but uh, your turn, sir. Um, man. Uh. Okay, I guess we can swing it back to Collision. I don't know, I'm trying to see if there's anything on Collision that I want to talk about. Um, I guess we can uh, kick it over to Raw here a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think we've already talked about this some, but the, I mean, the Judgment Day just continues to be such a strong running feature on, on the show. It's it's really interesting how like how 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 all of their segments just really are clicking and like the, I mean the pairing of them against uh, Kevin Owens and stuff, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn really, really strong pro formatting on the show. Uh, I agree. These are not particularly hot takes. I'm no, just no, like, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, raw is raw, right? Like it, it is, it's like, I was going to say it's like pizza, but sometimes pizza is actually really good. Um, Raw wasn't it, bad this week, though. That's the weird thing. Right. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, like that. Uh, that Viking okay, Raiders Raw, alpha Raw is like Raw is like a Whopper. Um, how often do you have a Burger King Whopper? Uh, I haven't had one in a while. But, right, it's like uh, once every like two to three years. But if you that. get one and it's fresh and it's right, good, sometimes it's really it's, good. It's actually pretty good. Yes. And there are other times where you're like, this sucks. This has been and, sitting in the bin for about an hour. But like, even when it's pretty good, like there's also a limit. You're never sitting there and going like, this is better than a burger I could get at a restaurant. Like and that's how I feel about Raw. Like Raw that Viking is Raiders, professional wrestling. The Viking Raiders Alpha Academy match was pretty damn fantastic. And if it were on another show, we'd be we'd be raving about it. But yeah, because I thought the scene looked good in this match too. Yeah. Yeah. Um I the, the one thing I noticed on on, on WWE was about the verbiage they were using this week where everybody like I had said earlier that I really wanted to return to nicknames for people they're doing that, but in the worst way possible, where it's just uh, uh, descriptors like Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Uh, what were some of the others? I can't remember them offhand, but they were doing this for a lot of people where it's like, uh, it's not a real nickname. It's just kind of a descriptor type thing. Oh, uh, um, Thick Boy, calling him Big. Oh, Bronson Reed, yeah. Yeah, big Bronson Reed or or whatever. I'm like, these these aren't things that help the character necessarily. Like no, they're they're like just there. They're just there. They're they're adjectives that they're adding in quotations. Perhaps to change names again. Where they call him Big Bronson and they drop the read. It feels like a, a precursor to Vince renaming people so he can 
trademark them type of a thing as opposed to say you know like like originally when when he came in it was mr perfect kurt hennig which is a great name for a wrestler and that was just dropped to mr perfect because you know can't have kurt making money off of his name as to be mr perfect and only mr perfect only type of a thing but you know um, okay i I, i'll push back on mr perfect being reduced down to mr perfect because i think it makes the character even more um cartoony and it is like, cartoony, yeah. yeah right it, but like in a good way oh, um, okay. that no, no no i know it's i know it's cartoony but like the idea if you know me mr perfect kurt henning uh is just sort of there's still a man underneath it and i like the idea of the man being completely subsumed by the idea that he's perfect at everything that uh, like he has gotten so into his quest of perfection that i mean whatever his birth name was no longer exists he is simply mr perfect i liked the birth name with with the mr perfect before it i i that's just me though but i get it um that's it's a rare example though i would say that's actually stronger characterization rather than weaker can i move to smackdown real quick and just say jay uso is killing it yeah he, he just keeps doing it man i mean look it's this thing is outliving what it should be doing and they've taken Jimmy off to kind of give Jay his shine right now. That 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 injury is uh, purely fiction. But, and I don't think Jay's the final emotional crux of this angle. I think eventually it will be Roman once again. But um, for right now, this build the SummerSlam and and the interplay and the and the Heyman tempting him with the oh, you're acting like a tribal chief now stuff. You can call it cinema. I don't. I just call it good wrestling angle building, and I think it's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, the bloodline is very much a universe. And yes, the universe is, you know, like slightly absurd. There is no island of relevancy. I don't know who needs to hear that. It doesn't actually exist. And Roman Reigns does not have tribal ceremonies in his off time because there is no Roman Reigns. But the whole thing is that is a coherent universe and it, within it jay uso's character like remains really interesting and compelling even when they have weird characterization beat missteps like the the broad strokes have always been there with jay's character uh, for the last couple of years and i yeah like obviously the Heyman is Heyman's always campy like that's what makes Heyman great i mean sometimes he can be menacing but like he has been campy as in the obsequious, oh my tribal chief, like like, and he's been doing it for so long that like you almost start to believe that he's really just become this absolute maggot to Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think all this stuff works. And he's the ultimate bootlicker. Right, right. Um, and they've even teased him being disloyal, and like it hasn't quite come to pass or whatever. And yeah, no, I know. I think. I think the J build's going to be good. Did you get a chance to watch NXT? Uh, NXT is actually one that I skipped this week because I wanted to watch Collision. Uh, I, I watched parts of it. Um, Thea Hale remains just an absolute gimmick, and I love her. Uh, but they brought back uh, our boys um, Umberto and Angel Garza to wrestle a tag match. And then, uh, and then by the end of the tag match, it looks like they're already splitting them up. 
but they're still very talented. They they fought uh um oh uh gee, Nate Frazier and uh and Dragon Lee. And that was a hell of a tag match, I thought. That I mean they're doing good stuff on uh, on uh on on NXT too, just little things. I mean it's not great. Uh you know, they did scripts and uh A Kid or whatever the, the heck Axiom versus uh versus two new guys and of course scripts immediately turns on him so he's he's out of the picture so we're not gonna see reggie unless he's taking falls again but uh no i didn't get a chance to see a lot of nxt either this week so i'm not gonna try and talk about but other than dominic mysterio is your new nxt champion and it looks like uh i i like this in terms of the judgment day looks like they're going around trying to pick their spots to do belt collecting and that what this is going to end up being is that uh, Damian Priest eventually cashes in on um, on on Finn to take the title from him. That's the oh, that's the thing. I, I liked that. Uh, I liked the Seth Rollins Finn Balor uh, sit down promo type thing. I thought that was nice and intense. I liked that a lot. Yeah, uh, Judgment Day again, a strong feature on all shows. Although I did not see this one. Ah, uh, I don't have anything else. Do you? I think I'm out too. Okay, well, no kids, so there goes that. But uh, yeah, you, well. can fo- you can follow me on on, on Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow me on Twitter at Crap Game Thirteen. Uh, I'm not leaving there. You can follow Chris on Instagram at D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. That is Dr. Nove. You can just follow the show on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. I retweet when Voices of Wrestling gets around to tweeting that. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Uh, I also do shows over on Fight Game Media, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia for five bucks a month. Live hot takes on Dynamite. We start that show at 20 minutes after Dynamite starts, and it's posted about an hour and a half afterwards. Uh, Chris has other projects involved. He will tell you about them now. Yeah, uh, I teach guitar lessons. If you are interested in guitar lessons, you can, of course, hit me up on Instagram. As Jeff mentioned, it's Dr. Underscore Nov, N-O-V. Uh, so hit me up there for guitar lessons. I did the Jimi Hendrix course, uh, so that's available if you want it as well. Uh, I can get you uh, old copies of it and stuff. I mean, we square up on that. So hit me up uh, for guitar lessons. Follow me on Instagram and keep living your dreams. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, Go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 